Uh, we're going to start here, uh, Judgment and the Justified Part 2. And what this message is designed to do is to share with you uh, uh, God's heart, God's heart for his body. And uh, you and I must then receive those instructions from the Lord so that we know what to do. We, we are the ecclesia, we're the church of God. And that means that you and I have been called out of the world. We are the called out ones. And uh, our responsibility is to find out what the king wants and then deliver that to the king. And uh, I believe that there are so many of us who um, are telling the king what is important rather than listening to the king. So we want to do that. We want to rather we want to share with you uh, some thoughts on this particular subject. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, we, uh, Paul is speaking. He said, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And so Paul is saying that uh, I don't want there to be any kind of a schism between you. I don't want there to be any tear in the body of Christ, and uh, we don't want there to be a split or a gap in the body of Christ. So Paul is very strong in saying that in order to not have division, we need to hear and do, speak the same thing, have the same mind, and uh, have the same judgment. The, the justified people, the, uh, that is, those of us who are born again, and God has justified us because we have faith in Jesus Christ, uh, we can have the same mind, that means the same intellect, the same thought, feelings, and understanding, the same judgment, the same opinion, the same counsel, and the same resolve. And when we talk about uh, the same resolve, what that means is that we can come to a definite or earnest decision about things and, and do so um, as a unit, uh, as a body. It, it doesn't matter whether I'm in Asia or, or Africa or I'm in Europe or South America, then believers should come to the same conclusion as to what God wants. I think that we're saying these things in light of a lot of things that are going on in, in light of a lot of things that are, that are going on. And one of the things uh, that's going on is that the church seems to be very scattered. The church of Jesus Christ, no matter where you are in the world, seems to be scattered. Some places it's worse than others. I think in America we have been co-opted in that we have been, uh, the church has been taken and diluted. It's our power, our message has been uh, diluted. And so what we want to do now is is reject those things and not tell God what we think God should do, but we should listen to, to the Lord and come to the same conclusions, whether we are in Europe or, or North America, Africa, Asia, or any other continent. And so uh, let's continue to, to look at these scriptures. In Romans chapter 16, verses uh, 17 through 20, Paul says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses or stumbling blocks. Uh, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. So Paul is telling us that uh, he is urging uh, the, the Romans that they are, that is the church of Rome, but thus by extension, he is talking to us as well. He said, I urge you, I strongly implore you, note those who cause divisions and offenses, stumbling blocks, contrary to the doctrine which you've learned, and avoid them. Now, it seems like that is something that is not really being taught today. But Paul says, no, if there are people who are contrary to sound doctrine, we are not to um, act as though they are not against 
um, sound doctrine. He says we must avoid them. In verse 18, he says, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Now, what Paul is saying is that those people who are causing divisions are not serving the cause of Christ. There are many believers around the world, especially here in, the, in America, who are, uh, they're, they're sort of AWOL from the things of Christ. They're absent without leave from the things of Christ. And uh, Paul says that we are to avoid them for they do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ. So people who cause division uh, are not those who um, are serving the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, but they're rather serving their own belly or their own stomach. Uh, or better said, maybe they serve their own appetites. Whatever they have an appetite for, they are doing this. So you and I are now living in a day when we are seeing the things of God challenged as never before. But the, the, the irony here is that many, many believers don't know they're challenged because they are, these things that are challenging them are in accord with what they think God ought to be doing. I, I've taught in this fellowship for many, many years that we should not go to God and, and say, well, this is what I think you should be doing. What we should do is ask God, what are you doing? And let us in on that. So this is what we must do. I think that we, we are living in a time when we see a great apostasy. But when uh, in ancient Israel, Israel was in apostasy, they had, that is, walked away from God, and they didn't know it. They did not know it. And so what I'm saying today is we have the same situation. Even when Je Jesus came, Jesus uh, preached the gospel in a powerful way. He preached the gospel to the Jews in his day, but they didn't realize they were apostate. I'm saying we, we are living in dangerous times. Paul says that um, these people serve their own appetites and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. And so th those, those people, they're people who are just not spiritually smart. That is, they don't know what God says, therefore they don't do it. They're not listening to the Holy Spirit. But Paul is saying that these people, by their smooth words and flattering speech, deceive uh, the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all, he's saying to Rome. So that does clearly say that there are believers who are, uh, are doing the right thing and they have it right. And so uh, here he says to the, the Roman believers that their obedience um, has become known to all. He says, therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil, or I want you to be innocent and harmless. I would like to say very clearly, very emphatically, that many places around the world, Christians are following a particular bent and not the word of God. And what's going on is that the church is being in a, in a grave way uh, co-opted, rendered um, uh, powerless. In verse 20, Paul says that, that I'm glad, verse, let's read 19 again. For your obedience has become known to all, therefore I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple, that is, innocent and harmless, concerning evil. So we cannot, we cannot, as believers, um, act as though the evil that's going on in the world is okay. I've heard believers say things almost like, God has appointed all of these crazy things that are going on, uh, he has appointed them to happen, and he is kind of using crazy people now. I think that is so wrong because what God is not doing, God has ne never do uh, done that that I know of. Yes, he did use Nebuchadnezzar to, to punish uh, Judah 
He did that. He allowed them to punish a backslidden people. So if God is doing that, he's not doing that because it's his first preference. He is punishing or dealing with us. Now, now Paul says in verse 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. So if you and I do what God has asked of us, if we are now walking as justified people, saved people, then the, the, the promise is that God is going to crush Satan under our feet. And he's going to do it quickly. That is, if we do what God requires. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, verses 1 through 4, and Paul goes, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Now, this is where we are today. Many Christians are wanting something that is not really what God is requiring. And Paul says that, that these Corinthians could not be given uh, the meat of the word. Listen to what he says. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, fleshly people, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. So Paul is saying that the church was not able to take the position that God wanted them to take because uh, they were immature, they were babes in Christ. They, they could not handle solid food. And here he says, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? What Paul is saying is that, and he speaks to us today, there are, there are divisions, strife, and envy among us. And he says you are, you are now behaving in a carnal way. That is, you cannot handle true uh, spirituality. You cannot a walk in spirituality. You cannot hear those things of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit wants to give. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 4, For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? What Paul called milk at that time was their way of thinking and living was only uh, beginning to be transformed. So they should have been a lot further along, but they were not. They were still greatly influenced by worldly thinking and behavior. They were infants in Christ. And when you and I are so concerned about what the world is saying and the systems of the world, then we are carnal. There's not a if, and, or but. You are carnal. And that means that, that you are probably been responsible for causing divisions in the body of Christ. And so we need to be very, very careful about uh, walking in carnality. That is like mere men, just like people of the flesh. We should be very, very careful about that. Paul is saying that they could not receive uh, true meat because they were still thinking like a worldly person. And many believers are thinking like worldly persons. And it is so amazing that as I hear them speak, I think they think they're being very deep, but they're very shallow. And I've noticed also that many believers in our day are not listening to sound doctrine, but they are creating their own doctrine. The scripture talks about uh, the Jewish nation. They missed the righteousness of God. They rejected the righteousness of God, and they went about setting up their own righteousness. And that is what I'm seeing today around the world in the church, but especially here in America. And uh, let me continue to share a few more thoughts with you on judgment and the just justified. I think that the... Uh, the body of Christ here in America must get these things right, and we don't have a long time to get them right. We must get those things right, or we're going to lose the things that we, th we thought were so dear. The things that are really dear are the things that God tells us are dear. 
those things are dear that God says these are dear. And, and what we want to do is find out what is close to the heart of God and then walk in that. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 20 through 26. Paul says, but now indeed uh, there are many members yet one body. So he does talk about a diversity, but, but not a division. Diversity is not division. Listen to what he says. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members uh, of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism or no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So Paul is telling the Corinthians, thus he's telling us how we are to comport ourselves, that that those members of the body that do not have honor, God bestows more honor. And then the, the, us, the other parts of the body are happy. We, uh, they are blessed by those weaker parts being uh, shown to be strong or, or those unpresentable parts are being covered. But what is happening, many of us are joining in the world's system in, in uh, somehow speaking against those who are weak in the body of Christ. Let us be very, very careful about it. You and I are living in an amazing time. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken in this particular time where we are. I've told you that this is a time of revealing, and, uh, and what God wants us to do is listen carefully to the Holy Spirit, follow the Holy Spirit, because you and I are seeing everything that can be shaken, shaken. And there's nothing the enemy can do about it. There's nothing even governments can do about it. God is shaking things. Even our own assumptions, God is shaking our own assumptions as to what God should be doing or what God is doing. I am really, uh, just really, I can't tell you e enough about how uh, painful it is to see, to see how, uh, the church is being used by political entities. And uh, the Christians are thinking that that is their called duty. No, no, the world hasn't called you. And God is not calling you to make the world, world better. God is calling you to be better so that the church will be that glorious city set on a hill that uh, gives light to everybody. And uh, that city that cannot be hidden. That's what God has called us to do. He has called us to be salt and light. He has not called us to prop up political institutions. Now, I am not saying at all, I am not saying at all that that it, uh, our political institutions are unimportant. I am not saying they're unimportant. But we will do more if we were, were to follow the Lord obey his voice, and do whatever he commands, we would do more to help our nation than if we abandoned being uh, salt and light, being believers in this uh, cruel world to do something, as it were, political. We would be a lot better off if we did not abandon the will of God for our lives um, and then and join the movement. 
we would be a lot better off and the church then would be that amazing uh, entity that uh, brings light to all. So this is what we need to do and recognize the time. Remember Jesus said to uh, the Pharisees that they were good at predicting the weather but they were terrible at predicting the times. So you and I are in a period when uh, just as I believe in Israel, when Jesus was, uh, was on the earth, walking the earth, uh, Israel was in a backslidden position. They were uh, the people of God, but they were backslidden. Yeah, and uh, the church, I believe, is backslidden in so many ways, in so many regards. And I know that people will take issue, but, but it's the truth nevertheless, nevertheless. Uh, now, let me talk to you a little bit about division. I'm going to, I'm going to read somewhat quickly. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I'll start in verse 1. And I'll go through these somewhat quickly. Uh, Paul is telling us to be careful how we uh, confront each other and, and go to the law and sue one another. But we, we don't seem to think there's much about that. We can demean our brothers and sisters in, in, on, on Facebook. We can demean them on some of these other uh, platforms. We'll demean them, and we'll think that God sent us to do that. I do not believe that God has sent us to do that because the justified must live by faith. Yes, the, the, God, the just shall live by faith. So then that means that God doesn't tell you everything to do, and you're not to be uh, going around uh, being a, a vociferous, a loud voice to uh, the world and propping up world, world, the, the world's institutions, but you are to be a spokesperson of righteousness and for righteousness. In verse 1, Paul says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. So Paul is saying, why would you go to the law uh, before the unrighteous? And this is what I'm seeing believers doing. Uh, we are fighting each other, uh, and we have greater uh, affiliation sometimes with those who are in the world, the world system, than uh, we have uh, with those who are believers. Uh, verse 2 says, Paul, I mean, so he says, let me read verse 1 again. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? So what Paul is saying is that the people of God, the sanctified ones, the justified ones, are the ones that we should ask uh, to mediate our differences. Verse 2 says, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? So God, God is telling us we'll judge the world, but right now we don't look like we're in any shape to judge the world because we can't even judge uh, our own behavior. We don't know that our own behavior is, is uh, not good and that it is in many ways shameful. So let's look at it. Here, he says, and if the world would be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So believers will judge the world. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Man, that's even bigger. So we're not only going to judge the, uh, the, the world, but we'll also judge angels. He says, how much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it, so, is it so that there's not one wise among you, one wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. So what Paul is saying, what a shame that Christians are, are throwing their lot in with a camp of unbelievers because maybe they have some political interest or some social interest. They are throwing their lot in with unbelievers and not the saints of God. What a shame. 
And so this is what we have to do. And I think we need more pastors calling this out rather than justifying it. And sometimes the justifications are clearly, clearly um, something that, that the world has given to us or the world has co-opted us or we're talking and using the world's talking points. So, so that, I think that is a very, very, very bad thing. Um, uh, every, um, but brother goes to law against brother and that before unbelievers. Verse 7, now therefore it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat and you do these things to your brethren. So I, I believe that God is speaking to us from the pages uh, of the Bible right now in 2020. God is saying some things that you and I need to take heed. You know, Paul talked about um, uh, people who did not discern the Lord's body in communion. Some of them were weak, they were, they were sickly, some of them had even died because they didn't discern the Lord's body. And I think that it is very, very imperative that we, the people of God, discern the Lord's body and recognize that, that God has the body of Christ. It's not like a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent or anything like that. We are all one in Christ, and we have to see that. If we don't see that, Paul is saying that we are part of the problem. He is saying that we are causing divisions, and those of us who can see clearly must avoid you. In, um, in verse 9, Paul says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And so we have many believers in America right now who are supporting unrighteous agendas and think they're supporting God's agenda. They would rather stand with an unrighteous person than a brother who does not understand where they're coming from. And they would rather stand with an unbeliever. I've seen it. I've seen it uh, uh, rampantly in, in the, the last uh, several years, more so than ever. So Paul says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, he says neither fornicators. So Paul is saying, can you imagine a brother is going uh, before the unrighteous and aligning himself uh, with the unrighteous against a brother? Wow. And Paul says, that the, you need to know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators. So you and I are now joining with fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, uh, abusive language, rough, tough, harsh language, nor extortioners, those who use their power to, to take unfair advantage. He said, none of these people will inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. So what, what I hear the Holy Spirit saying is, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And he's going to receive us. And we should not touch the unclean thing. And that's what God is requiring of us right now. And Paul says in verse 11, and such were some of you. So some of us who are now sanctified ones that are set apart, um, we, are, we were some of these things that Paul listed here. Such were some of you, but you were washed, 
you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So God has changed us. Therefore, if he has changed us, we should not be bound to the things that we were and, and the things we did before Christ. And what we must do is come out from among them and be separate. We, we must come out. I don't think we have a great window of opportunity. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit and walk in his ways. Now, normally, normally in, in ancient Israel and even in Jesus' day, those who were saying things that were palatable to everybody were usually wrong, totally wrong. Even Jesus, when uh, his disciples uh, left him, he, was, uh, he said, you have to eat my fl flesh, drink my blood, or you have no life in you. And, and about 70 or 72 uh, disciples left him, walked away from him. They, they no longer walked. They turned back. Why? Because he told them something they were unwilling to do. What has Jesus told you that you're unwilling to do? What has he shared with you that you're unwilling to do? And, and you have made an excuse and you have excused yourself. I think there will be a reckoning for you and for all of us. Paul says, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Now, let me share with you from Jude uh, verses 3 and 4. In the book of Jude, uh, Jude says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men, now listen, he said, I want you to contend for that faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So God has given us faith that is strength and, and power to persevere that was once for all delivered to the church. He says, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So what these men were doing, they crept in as it were unnoticed. And I'm seeing that today where there are many voices now that are speaking to the church and they're not the voice of God. They're not the voice of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do to know the voice of God is to spend some time with him and we'll know the voice of God. You know the voice of God. When, when Paul um, heard the, the, the voice of God when he was on his way to Damascus, he asked the question, who are you, sir? He says, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus, uh, whom you're persecuting. You're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads, Paul. And so Paul says, well, well, what do you want me to do? And he says, you go into the city, and I'll have someone tell you what to do. I know sometimes we want to hear directly through the Holy Spirit, and I'm no different. I like hearing directly uh, through the Holy Spirit, but there are times when God says, no, I want you to hear from your brother and trust your brother. A, a young man once told me who had been an addict, and he said, he said, Pastor, uh, addiction is so bad that you can't even trust your own thoughts. You'll have to believe someone else's thoughts if you want to get better. And, 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 and when he said that, it was just so amazing um, because I had never quite thought about it like that. And he said, uh, to come out of addiction, he had to trust what did not seem right because what he was doing wasn't working for him. And I'm going to say to all of us today that that what we're doing is not working for us, and we need the Spirit of God. I want to thank you so much for, for allowing me to share these words with you, and I thank you. And uh, we're going to, to end now, but I would like to say those of you who, 
who uh, would like to know Jesus Christ, the scripture says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you can do that right now, you're saved. All right, just tell Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart. Just do that right now. All right, do that right now. And may the Lord Jesus be with you and bless you. And um, I'm going to just uh, share uh, with you our blessing. And uh, please uh, tune in for a Sunday at 1030. Uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll be coming back and I'm going to be teaching on, um, on a very great subject, wonderful subject. I'll be teaching on, um, on uh, those who would be great. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you about that, of course, Sunday. And uh, you'll, you'll, you and I will uh, walk in, uh, in a place with God because we want to be great for God. And we'll walk in a place because we're going to obey the Lord and we're going to do whatever Jesus tells us to do. So uh, if you are there in your home, I would like for you to lift your hands and uh, repeat after me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Thank you so much for having joined us today. We so appreciate you. Amen. We'll see you Sunday, 1030. May God bless you.